I don't know. So yeah, I had to kind of have an honest conversation with myself. Like, well, what am I doing here? Can I still help? Do I still want to help? And the answer is yes, of course. I just needed a kind of a check. To um, tone to make it down. Sure that, yeah, 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 sure. So yeah. Well, they probably all talked about you when you went to the bathroom. I hope so. <laughs> they were probably like, who does she think she is? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh my God. I'm not going to be the one to take y'all there. I just wanted to throw that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Advice Not Given podcast. Each week, we share unfiltered, truth-telling conversations between two friends. You're invited to eavesdrop as we give each other the advice you didn't ask for, but wish you did. We're your hosts, Kelly Artis and Claire Wood of Millspoke Gurus, and this is Advice Not Given. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Advice Not Given podcast. We are on episode 11 today, but before we get started, we wanted to just say a huge thank you to those of you who are sending us text messages and direct messages through social media and even messages and hugs in person um, and giving us feedback about this podcast. Kelly and I are having a blast doing it, but I'll tell you when we are hearing from those of you listening that you're enjoying it, it is like a huge shot in the arm. So we wanted to start off today by giving just a few quick shout outs to some of our friends and family. Uh, I'll start Amy, Ciara, Becky, my mom, Teresa, Leah, Christina, Megan, Kathy, and Casey. Thank you all so much for listening and for your support. Yes, and thank you guys. I have a list of folks too on my end that I wanted to give a special shout out to. I want to say thank you to my dear friend, Jocelyn, Julie Provost, Diane Helmer, Julie Benson, April, Nicole, and Rita. You guys are so crucial and I'm so happy that you're in my corner and have given me uh, just a little nudge and a little hug to say thanks and keep doing what you're doing. So we really appreciate you guys. Um, These little affirmations mean the world to us and um, we would love you so, so much. Anyone out there, if you, you know, if there's something that we've said that resonates or if there's something that we're posting that you appreciate, uh, let us hear that. It gives us fuel to keep going. And if you're just feeling like going above and beyond and just being that extra amazing friend, uh, reviews really, really help out a podcaster. So don't hesitate. Go over on your podcast player of choice, click those five stars and tell everyone else what you like about what we're doing so they can find us as well. All right. So again, thank you to all of you who are listening. Um, As always, when we are thinking through what we want our episodes to be about, most of what we share comes from internal struggles or external struggles that Kelly and I are experiencing ourselves or we see and and walk through with friends in our similar situations. And that's kind of where we are today. Um, We've been thinking a lot and talking a lot about the tension for those of us who move around frequently of trying to find your fit and when and where the right time is to offer your expertise in your circles and when the right time is to just step back, be quiet, quiet and let things lay or lie as they are. Um, so we're going to explore a little bit about that today and, and all with the, the intent of having more self-awareness and um, really just empathy toward the communities that we find ourselves in. Kelly? Yeah. So and it, the way this comes up for us a lot of times is the fact that we have to move so frequently and we find ourselves in these new positions, be they 
you know, professional, be they like just relationship driven, like new social groups, or they could also be in service in some way, um, you know, volunteering and whatnot. And what's cool is that we offer this really robust um, library of experiences, so to speak. But I think sometimes we forget that we might be entering a place or um, an organization or a situation that uh, has been working really well you know, before we got there. <laughs> so sometimes right. we can come in a little blindly and think, oh my God, I'm going to make everything so much better. Um, but that can be kind of a minefield at times. So we want to just go through today, like what we've experienced, what we've kind of observed um, as helpful tidbits, um, and then also try to peel back um, when to shine and and when to just play it cool, <laughs> and like right. lay low and maybe just be a supporting role. Right. Well, I think so many of us, um, and we've shared in earlier episodes, just some of the employment struggles to begin with and Mm -hmm. the struggles to even find where your circle is, where your friends are, where you want to plug in. And so we, we come to this with that uphill climb, so to speak. So when we finally do land a job or we finally maybe find ourselves in a position of leadership or even in just a friendship or relationship, it's like, okay, I'm here now. And I am so excited and maybe it's enthusiasm, maybe it's pride, maybe it is, like you said, this uh, library of expertise, but we're so eager to put that out there. And I think most of us genuinely want to offer that as a contribution to the greater good, but we often fail to realize that, like you said, things are maybe working fine and they don't need our expertise. They just need us to show up. And so um, do you have a specific example? I've got one, but if you want to start with one. I was going to ask you the same thing. Um, Well, yeah, Yeah. actually I do have one um, that is interesting just because the way that I approach um, problem solving. So I have a job where I am working digitally and our organization is global, essentially. I mean, we, we, we help people all across the planet. So I think in terms of scale, um, I have now stepped into this volunteer role on a board of a local organization here in town. And I kind of brought my big global mindset with me, not really thinking, um, I don't know, I guess sort of thinking that that was everyone's goal was to scale up and 10X and all this kind of stuff. (laughs) And really they're just hyper-focused on serving this community. And that's beautiful and amazing. So I had to kind of check myself at one point because I'm like, okay, wait, but how do we scale that? And how do we, we should be like launching little chapters of this organization across the country. And I, oh my gosh, I could see it. I was already like branding it in my head. You know what I mean? (laughs) I was already kind of like drafting out the, the onboarding and the training process for, you know, leaders and these other organizations. And when I brought it up to the, to the team, to the board, um, I had to like, I, I had a moment where I felt like I wanted to be offended a little because of the reaction I received. But then I stepped back and was like, okay, whoa, I just needed to pump the brakes because the reaction I received when I asked, okay, why are we not trying to do this bigger was kind of like, uh, no, that's, that's not, you're missing the point. And I was, I really was. They're not going anywhere. They're not moving anywhere. They're going to be in this community yeah. forever and ever. And they want to just really do what they do really, really well here and maybe regionally, but, and that's totally fine. That's totally okay. But I had to just be like, oh, all right. So that was kind of a, I think a little bit of a failure on my point. I, I took it as a point of clarity because I wanted to make sure that I was on the right page and now I am, but yeah. my ego wanted to step up and be like, oh, well, forget it. Then. 
<laughs> like well, and that was going to be my question. Do you feel like yeah. that was where, what percentage was ego and like, Ooh, I've got all these great ideas and look at me. And what part of it was like sincere, like, Oh, I just want to help you guys. Well, like for me, it would be a little <laughs> bit of both, both if I'm honest, so, it wouldn't just be good naturedness. It's kind of funny, and it's one of those – so I have to I, – I take time to process things, um, especially, like, conversations and interactions like that. So I said something to the effect of, why aren't we trying to do this in other cities? And I just rattled off, like, six other big cities across the country, not here. And uh, the the guy was like, the thought of doing that has literally never entered my brain. So I was, like, <laughs> patting myself on the back thinking – I was like – Oh, I'm so smart. I am dropping nuggets. Like you never even thought about this. And here I come like with all the wisdom. But then when I rewound the conversation, like later that evening, when I was kind of like processing my day, I was like, oh crap, he didn't mean that in a good way. He meant like, you are so wrong. Like this is not our point. So anyway, it took a minute to kind of reconcile that. And at first I was like, my feathers were ruffled. And I was just like, I mean, well then y'all don't want me anyway. Cause whatever. But, um, I don't know. So yeah, I had to kind of have an honest conversation with myself. Like, well, what am I doing here? Can I still help? Do I still want to help? And the answer is yes, of course. I just needed a kind of a check. To um, tone it down. Yeah, 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 sure. So yeah. Well, they probably all talked about you when you went to the bathroom. I hope so. Or went to get more coffee. (laughs) They were probably like, who does she think she is? (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm like, well, I'm not gonna be the one to take y'all there. I just wanted to throw that out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, so for me, how that looks, I have a couple of different areas. As we move around, I do try to find teaching jobs. I've done college teaching and I taught at a private school last year. And then I also tend to volunteer in the same few organizations. And I know for me last year at our school, this school's been around for probably close to 30 years, maybe not quite that long. Anyway, I was telling you yesterday, I literally sat down with my principal and my supervisor and said, well, have you ever considered using a different curriculum here? (laughs) And I meant that in, in the best way possible, right? Because I had seen the the use of other curricula and I had mm-hmm. used it myself. And I was kind of just thinking like, oh, I could help develop this here. And, mm-hmm. you know, these people haven't seen anything yet. And then my principal's like, yeah, we found that this works great for our community. Like, it's just perfect. And so I'm kind of like, oh, well, never mind. <laughs> and like you, I tried not to be offended by it. But then I also tried to to think, and Ryan helped me kind of talk through that last year mm-hmm. when I was relaying to him, he was like, listen, like, this is, this is fine for what they want. And it, yeah. it's, don't be offended by it. And then the same thing, especially within the military, these organizations that tend to try to have continuity, um, you know, you get there and you want to say, well, hey, this isn't the way I've done this in the past. Let me shed some light on how this could be better. And it's not always received. Like it's, I don't know. Like, I think people want to be comfortable just in the way a lot of people like the way they've always done it. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, especially around, okay, so if we're talking like organizations around military towns, they've maybe been burned in the past by people coming in and making all these big promises or like changing everything and then cut and tail essentially. Cause then we have to pack Mm -hmm. up and leave. So maybe they, they would rather have stability and continuity versus innovation. Um, And depending on how you talk to, I mean, I think that's a pretty lame place to be, but (laughs) I don't know. I guess it just depends. You know, if you're a, if you're a crucial community sort of organization that people are looking to for things like stability and continuity, then maybe that's a value that they need to stay true to versus, you know, allowing pretty much every PCS cycle someone new to come in and be like, 
this is all garbage, throw it all out, let's start over completely brand new. Like that's not feasible or sustainable. So, you know, hopefully, right. yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's just something that each organization has to figure out. Yes. And I think we've said before, and many of us have heard this, like as military families or spouses, we want to quote, leave it better than we yeah. found it, right? We want to come in yeah. and make all these contributions and um, I feel very uh, committed to that. And it's not in a way of like, hey, you're doing a terrible job. Let me be the hero mm-hmm. and make it better. But it's like, I just see the world as there's a lot of room for improvement. And why not mm-hmm. all pull the, you know, row the um, boat the same direction and do it together. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And yeah. I did, you know, I did end up helping out a little bit with our school's website and kind of gave some tips <laughs> on like, hey, if you're trying to reach a military community that would be looking for this information as before they mm-hmm. come, like here are some things you might want to add to it and kind of marketing stuff. So I do feel like I helped a little, but um, but I also think the flip side of that is we can get a little cocky or arrogant in thinking that we are coming in to save the day in these communities. Like you mentioned, they're, they've been doing their thing without us and yeah, they'll keep on doing it once we leave. <laughs> I think people, when we first moved back from California, um, I think people anywhere near me in any kind of context got sick of hearing, well, in California, right. <laughs> dot, 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 this is the way it was done. Specifically, I went to this gym and they spoiled me. I mean, it was just the best gym. It was CrossFit and like, but it was super family oriented and like really chill. Like it wasn't like a fire breather kind of gym. Um, right. And I loved it. But then I moved back east and that's not really the style. Um, or in gyms that I have found. So let's just throw it out there. Um, But, you know, I kept, you know, I actually stepped up at one gym, like, hey, I want to help you guys. What are you doing on your social media? What are you doing that? Like, let's do an event. Like, I don't know, because I just enjoy doing that kind of stuff. But literally, I could hear myself. Well, at my gym in California, they Mm -hmm. did it. And I, I assume that everyone else has this similar sort of mindset as me. Like, Let's see what everybody else is doing. What's working? That's working. Cool. We should try doing something similar, you know, versus, you know, I don't know. They just, they, they weren't really feeling it (laughs) and probably got real sick of hearing me talk about my gym in California. But, you know, I think, and I think we all fall into that trap. Yeah. I was going to bring it back to the previous episode we did about listening. I wonder in a way, is that like a destructive, active kind of quashing what they're mm. doing and dismissing the way they're doing it. Um, I think it certainly can be. Sense. And I, yeah. And I think you need to be, and it's a skill that comes, I think with age and maturity, truthfully. I mean, I'm sure you could practice it, but um, it, it, you got to know who you're talking to and what kind of mode yeah. they're in. If they're interested in growth or scaling or, you know, or if they're in a received sort of mode or place, if they're curious about where you came from and what worked there and how they did certain things, then that might be a clue that they're feeling it and they're into it. Or, you know, if they're not, then maybe just. But don't you think that can also be another level of like exhaustion and taxation as we move around is the constant gauging Mm -hmm. of our audiences and the constant trying to walk this high wire of understanding our environment and where do we fit in and how do we do this tactfully without, you know, stepping on toes. Like to me, it sometimes feels like you're tired just from the, the struggle to get the job or Look, get the role. I just and got tired of hearing you talk about it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then not only that, but you've got a really compressed timeline. You're only in this place for a year or two years. So it's almost like, look, y'all, I've got all this to give, but you better like, 
<laughs> pooper get off the pot, right? <laughs> like, what do you I'm think that is inside us collectively that motivates us to to just dive right in like that? Like well, just as I a think, collective. Mm-hmm. So I think you said it with leaving a place better. Like I had written down, we want to leave a mark. I think that's human nature. I think that most people have a lifetime to leave their mark. And we right. don't. We have three years or two years or one year or six months to leave a mark. We don't want to be forgotten when we leave. So um, depending on what your skill sets are and where your strengths lie and all that kind of good stuff, um, you might do that in very different ways. It could be like your church organization. You want to leave a mark. You want to leave it better. You want to bestow something that can be helpful for them that they'll remember you by. Um, you want your name written on a plaque somewhere, <laughs> you know, or somebody to say, oh, I want someone in that board meeting a couple weeks ago to have said, wow, Kelly had the best idea. That's yeah. it. That's all I wanted was recognition yeah. and acknowledgement that I was here and that I left something good. Um, so yeah. when it gets turned around, oof, right? Like that could that could actually be super detrimental for your uh your eagerness to to do that, it can kind of start to quash that instinct if you have it. Because if you keep getting shut down, um, it could be like, well, nobody wants me anyway. So, right? Like, yeah. okay, well, I'm just going to take my toys and go home. Like, you guys keep doing your thing and I'll just go home. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask, like, even in our own personal relationships or like, I'll have give you an example. So two or three assignments ago, I worked at a college in Georgia and not to you know, pat myself on the back, but I ended up getting a <laughs> departmental award for my teaching. Cause like, I, I feel like when I commit to something, I want to do it with excellence. Yep. And I do, I do do that. And so I received this award and it's so funny. It's in my desk drawer right now, like, um, deconstructed <laughs> for a move. And uh, like, I was so proud of that. And I'm like, can you imagine if I could stay in this job for a career? Mm, like right? I may be running the place before it's over. But then it's like, no, I've got to move. So this award just sits in my drawer and all I have now are my memories. And so the the relational question is, is how do those experiences of these highs and then these deserts of, you know, not working or not getting that feedback, Mm. how do those impact like within a marriage? Um, Because I can tell you, like, sometimes there's some resentment on my end from having Mm -hmm. to constantly give up those roles where there has been some accolade or acknowledgement. Mm, girl, like, listen, I think that's gonna, <laughs> this might be a long one if we go down that path. Cause I think it's true. I think it's like, I think it's, it's huge. There's a huge chunk of resentment uh, for sure. But I also, now I'm starting to experience this element of fear um, for the future. So right? we're not that far away from his army career being over. Um, and then what? Right. I wish nothing more than to be able to be a breadwinner for the family. Like I've literally never wanted anything else, but right. I can't and I haven't been and I'm not there. So I would love to afford him the opportunity to take his time, find his passion, figure out what it is that he wants to do that will bring him life because that affects our relationship. That affects our family. True. That affects our home life, you know, all the things, but I haven't been able to get there. So, you know, I think there's, you could be, you know, past looking and then forward looking as well with the same sort of like fear and trepidation. So, yeah. And then there's mm. also the idea of will this crazy like scattered resume get me that once we're out or will that also be a turnoff to somebody who might be hiring right. me or putting me in those roles? Yeah. So, yeah, I know oh. what I think you need to do is look for the organizations that can value Right. all of the goodness that you have to bring, right? So I think that's to to kind of bring us back on topic. I think that we 
I think we're pretty good at seeing what we have to give, right? So I think the right. next step for us, um, or I'm speaking to myself, is to get a little bit better at understanding who's ready to hear it and what organizations are receptive and, and how to do that sort of tactfully. So Claire, what are your thoughts on like entering a new situation um, and then determining whether or not you want to you want to shine or you want to lay low? I think definitely the first thing you have to do is get a very good read on your environment um, and the other team members, the other, the leadership structure, how all that works. And um, I feel like as an Enneagram six, I'm real perceptive to all that because it's my security to locate like who's in charge here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to figure out that, those environmental things. And then I do think it comes down to relationships. Like what kind of relationship do you have with the people you may be presenting this with? Mm-hmm. And not only their relationship, but like how perceptive are they going to be or how receptive are they going to be to feedback? Right. And I think you have to get check marks on each of those before you can you can proceed because I don't think, I think if there's any part of that, that's like a red flag, that's a overall red flag. Right. You got to just probably hold off. Yeah. And I think, so to just to add to that, I think one big thing to identify right up front is why were you, why are you here? Why right. are you there? Were you brought in because of your expertise um, or for some reason, like were you like sought out and recruited um, or are, did you just show up because you saw a flyer for a meetup for a thing, right? Like they're two right. very different uh, context basically that you can find yourselves in these situations. So I know I have to personally, cause I feel like I can sometimes ne- like disregard the why and just like, yeah. I show up fully. This is everything I got. And here y'all take it if you want, you know, to be amazing and successful, <laughs> Yeah, but that's not always the case. So me being an Enneagram five, I'm less concerned. I, innately instinctively instinctively I'm less concerned with the relationships in the room than I am with the the facts um so I have to continually like check myself with like hey do you really need to throw that out right now that little tidbit that little thing that you know that little experience that you have or the story or the idea specifically the idea um right is now the time and place so that's my challenge it's less about you know how much of me shows up it's more about like Oh, what's, yeah, what is going on? Cause it takes me a little bit longer to feel that out. Um, and then the, yeah. And why am I there? Was, was I recruited because of a skill set? because of access I have to a community because of, you know, whatever versus yeah. Me just being privy to a conversation because <laughs> yeah. I find myself in those positions too. <laughs> I would even think of that and something I guess I kind of subconsciously do is I ask myself, is this a Claire thing? Is this a time for Claire to shine or is this just a warm body situation? Mm. Like, are they just needing a warm body to fill this teaching position, this leadership role? Mm. Um, and I think yeah. that can fluctuate sometimes, right? And so I think you have to yeah. be aware of that too, which stinks, but it's, it's true. It- does but it's so true oh my gosh because you also I mean you know, back to boundaries like you need to protect what you have and you putting yourself out there is no easy thing right like to to state some big bold idea or an evaluation of something that you've seen that maybe isn't working optimally um right kind of sticking your neck out um a little bit and just depending on the environment can be you know really great for you or it could be really bad i mean you can yeah. get fired if it's something that's too critical you know what i mean like it could be true the, the repercussions could run the gamut so yeah just yeah. um having like almost like a self-imposed probationary period is helpful for me sometimes like 
okay, girl, you're still learning the ropes. Like you're the new kid. You don't just jump in with, you know, I know everything kind of, kind of an attitude, which I think some of us may, I know I do overcompensate in that way. Like come in with a, with a outward projection of like, yeah. Guns blazing kind of. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or like to assert your value. Like I deserve to be here and here's why. Um, But you can just kind of quietly listen and absorb. um, You can. Until you kind of understand. I also think about our last episode when we are talking about listening and when you may ask a person like, hey, is this a time that you want feedback Mm -hmm. or are you just wanting me to listen? And I think that's a great strategy too to say, you know, to your person in leadership or to the person running the board Mm -hmm. meeting. Like, I, I have an idea isn't if you're interested in hearing it, you know, let's grab coffee sometime or kind of like not teasing them with your, you know, idea or your availability, but just asking like before I offer it, would you even like to hear it or would you even be interested? So I'm absolutely loving that you're bringing this up because this is a real life example from like this week. We were invited um, to a meeting and we're going to go and we're preparing like our presentation and everything. And we actually have this sort of mentor that we were asking like their feedback on, is this a good time to, you know, pitch this thing or that thing or what kind of angle do we want to come in with? And um, our, our mentor was like, why don't you just ask them, like, why are we here? Like, it's that simple at the beginning of the meeting. Like, just ask them, like, you invited us here. Like, why are we here? What do you think? Like, what do you, how do you see us instead of us trying to like, you know, intuit or like predict what their motivations are, what they're looking for, you know, like, cause we could go down the wrong path super easily, like, or just a path that they're maybe not as interested in, whatever. And I'm like, oh my God, is it really that simple? <laughs> I think it yeah. can be. Cause I mean, they, they know enough about us to invite us in the first place. So I think and that's another key point too, especially back to asking yourself, why are you here? And, and asking the person, like, there's a reason that you're there. There's a reason that you were invited. There's a reason that you were included. Unless you literally walked in off the street, there's a reason right. that you're there, <laughs> which I guess could happen too. Um, so maybe just clarify what it is that, you know, the different things that I've been asked to serve on. Like, well, what is, why, why did you think of me? Is it, you know, this skill set or this part of my identity or this role that I play? Like, what is it that interests you and that you see me bringing value to the organization in what way? And that always yeah. helps um, just kind of center uh, your approach. And well, and it helps them clarify, hopefully clarify the need too. And mm, maybe it's yeah. also, it's clarifying for you, but for them too. Well, sure. I can't help but think of all the, the ways that I'm seeing like Enneagram type uh, mm-hmm. overlaying even this issue um, because I think it goes back to motivations, right? Like right. what is your right. motivation? Is it to be needed? Is it to be seen? Is it to mm. get an award? What, you know, yeah. what, what is the motivation? So I think you yeah. kind of have to step back to and ask yourself, what is the motivation? And yeah. what's the payoff? What's the paycheck for me in this? Is I'll it look money? It is all it our prestige? Oh, no. I like it. <laughs> oh, no, I'm trying girl. <laughs> um, so I think it's interesting too. I've, I've seen some Enneagram teachers talk about how um, organizations have an Enneagram style or a type. Um, so you can also use that as you're, as you're going through, especially if you're doing Enneagram work and you're learning more about yourself, first and foremost, you need to, you know, focus inward. But then as you're starting to apply that wisdom, <clears throat> excuse me, to relationships and to other, uh, you know, elements of your life, you can also sort of kind of impose 
a type or an archetype onto organizations that you're a part of. Um, the one that I'm talking about specifically is a four organization. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's literally an arts organization. And they are back to, they don't want to franchise. They want to be the most special, right? Like they yes. want to do the one Individual. thing in the one place and no one else does it versus like teaching other people and like that's a sellout for them. So I had to then say, okay, got it. Like I had to put that in the right context and the framework for myself to be able to know how to best approach not only the people in the organization, but the organization as a whole. Yeah. So let me ask you this. So for the person listening who is either just getting to a new place or maybe moving to a new place soon and they're thinking, okay, I hear you, Claire. I hear you, Kelly. I want to take some of this wisdom into my next opportunity. What would you tell them? Like what would be your advice on how to implement this type of self-awareness in professional or volunteer or relational settings? So I think it depends on the setting always. And again, it depends on the reason why you're there. But I would say to first really hone in on your observation skills. Just sit back, be quiet, tell everyone in the room like, hey, I'm just going to take this opportunity as our first session, first meeting, first day on the job um, as an opportunity to just absorb. I'm a fly on the wall. I want to see this group in its like natural occurring element, (laughs) you know, so that you can kind of start to understand maybe where you fit into the culture. Um, And I would also say that um, if you're not already working on your emotional intelligence, like to go ahead and start doing that. So for anyone that's curious or maybe isn't super familiar with what we're talking about when we say emotional intelligence, um, I'm going to read a little blurb from Psychology Today. And um, it actually says that emotional intelligence refers to the ability to identify and manage one's own emotions as well as the emotions of others. Um, And it is generally said to include at least three skills. So emotional awareness, um, and that's the ability to identify and name your own emotions. Um, So it's actually, I read somewhere that I think most people can only name like, I don't know, a dozen actual feelings or emotions that they're experiencing. So just becoming a little more fluent in what kinds of emotions are out there and then also identifying and put a name to them in the moment that you're feeling them is actually considered to be emotional literacy. And it's a huge skill to have. Um, Let's see. The next skill is the ability to harness those emotions and apply them to the tasks to tasks like thinking and problem solving, and then the ability to manage emotions, which includes both regulating one's own emotions when necessary and helping others do the same. So when you are kind of cued into this, specifically with yourself and then also um, with other people, it can help you kind of approach things from, I think, a more empathetic Per, like perspective, point of view, you're able to kind of read the rooms. And we talk about, you know, taking a temperature of the room or like trying to determine whether this is your time to like really show off your skills or, you know, interject that idea or whatever or not. Um, you can get almost most of the way towards understanding that if you can just understand what are the dynamics at play in the room. You know, is it, Did they just come off a bad meeting last time that you weren't privy to that everyone's kind of like tense and like wondering why they're there still? And then you're going to come in with like, okay, everybody, let's do this team building exercise. And they're like, oh my God, Cole brought this girl in. Um, So I think that one is huge. Um, What do you think, Claire? What are some other tips that to progress people a little bit farther? Well, I think I I just 
would put it in a real simple phrase, and that is, well done is better than well said. Just show up mm-hmm. and be awesome and like do the work. And yeah. I think a lot of times that that attracts inquiry from other people, right? Like, just go do what you're doing with excellence. And that doesn't mean never speak up and, and don't offer any, you know, wisdom or insight. But um, I think especially in that quiet period of observation, while you're trying to observe them, let them observe you too. Let them mm-hmm. see how you're doing your job or um, the role in which you're doing it. We had a leader that gave us this idea of, um, it's actually kind of like a story from the Bible about Nehemiah, and he talks about leading north. And it's like, even when you aren't in a position of authority, you can lead your leaders to watch you and show you, mm-hmm. like, let the, let them see how you do things as a means of like pulling up their leadership style too. Wow. So I think that's kind of maybe a little simplistic, but it's just the whole, you know, your actions actually speak louder than your words do. And, um, watch me work. (laughs) Watch me work. Watch her work. I love that. Um, okay. So I had another thing written down and it's don't be the good idea fairy, um, which I am so insanely guilty of. It's not even funny. So what we mean by that, and it might be an army term. I don't know where that came from, but, um, there is this tendency that I have because just my brain is just always going and I'm like always like creating new marketing plans or you know brands or businesses or whatever like in my head you know half of them don't even ever get out but like relevant example this week I texted my friend that owns the coffee shop in town and I was like oh my god you have to do this thing where (laughs) you have a membership it was a great idea I'm not going to give it here but um (laughs) Anyway, I got an idea. I was like, oh, this would be perfect for your store. You should totally do it. And then I caught myself before I hit send because I'm like, I'm not going to just drop an idea on him and not be able to like execute on it. Right. Yeah. Um, so my my disclaimer to him was, OK, I'm going to look up some plugins and see how they would integrate with your website. And if you're interested, I can help you set it up. But yeah. I think this would be huge for you. And he was like, I love you, Kelly. Circle back and let me know what you find out. Like he wasn't trying to tackle it. He was like, it's a fantastic yeah. idea. But I know his bandwidth is so minimal right now. And I know he's a small business owner and he's hustling yeah. and doing his thing. And I'm just like, oh, I don't want to like drop an idea on you. A, because you might infer that I think that you need it because you're in some way deficient or lacking in this area. Exactly. Clearly not. But sometimes our ideas can come off as condescending. So I know that I work on that constantly or, you know, in case of this board or even my team at work, like I can have all these ideas, but I need to be able to say, I have this idea and I'll be able to take this step who can support me or is this valuable, is this feasible right now? Um, And then the other thing is um, being critical kind of in the same vein. If somebody else has an idea and they throw on the table and you want to just say like, that'll never work. Like, please don't be that person. Um, have, or like editing something, you know, just like, oh, this is wrong. Like, why don't you retry, take a shot at rephrasing it, right? Like take a shot at offering the solution before you're really quick to just shoot someone else down. So yeah, to summarize my two takeaways from what you said, and side note, I looked up real quick to fact check you, the good idea fairy is a military term according to the Urban Dictionary. So we'll link that to <laughs> awesome. in our show notes. But the, the thing I heard you say is this is a timing thing. So don't be, you know, be aware of your, your bandwidth and others' bandwidth. And then also, if you can't support another person's idea, sometimes the best thing to do is just be quiet and let it go and not feel so personally responsible for, um, for tackling it. 
All right. We want to really quickly touch back around to last episode and last week's advice and see how we did. And then we want to leave you with our advice today. Um, My advice last week was on our listening episode. And I just talked about how I wanted to be more mindful of interjecting my thoughts and opinions and just sitting and listening. And I have attempted to do that this week. Um, I have attempted in my conversations in my home and with other people to simply listen. And I think I would probably give myself a B or a B plus on that. Yeah. So my advice was to just quit doing the head nod. And I left my (laughs) my bar pretty low because I knew that that was going to be a hard one. And I feel like I'm more conscious of it. So when I say the head nod, if you guys missed last episode, please go back and listen. But if you um, need a quick, uh, you know, recap, basically, um, we all do this thing where we're trying to think of the next thing to say before the person we're listening to is finished talking. So we're nodding our head and we think we're being like an active listener, but really what we're doing is like giving them subconscious cues to like hurry up and finish what you had to say so that I can say my thing. Um, so anyway, I have noticed it a lot because I do a lot of um, online interviews and I can see myself doing it. (laughs) And, um, I tried to be more conscious of it and I have caught myself from cutting the other person off but I'm still doing the head nod. So to be continued, I'm still working on it. <laughs> I would think this step down from the head nod would just be the eyebrow raise. Like uh-huh. I feel my head nodding, but I'm just going to pop up my eyebrows as a, no. okay. So Claire, I'm still trying to quit opening my mouth and like uh-huh. holding a finger up. Like, so we're, we're making baby steps of improvement. I'm no longer like cutting, the, like taking them off the screen. <laughs> Well, baby steps so, are still steps, steps. in the right yeah. direction. So that's pretty good. Perfect. All right. Well, we're going to leave you with our advice from this episode. And I know maybe we've, it's felt like we've kind of talked around a lot of different ideas, but the overall gist of this is how do you regulate yourself when you come into new situations and gauge whether or not it's the right time to uh, shine your bright light or just let it stay dim. And so my advice going forward, and I have some opportunities to practice this in groups and leadership positions I'm in currently, I am simply going to not offer any input. Mm. I am going to just be an observer and listen to other people's good ideas and help them execute their good ideas. I'm in a Mm. season of listening right now. I love that. What about you? And you don't, that doesn't feel withholding at all? It doesn't. No, because in our community, I feel like if you even speak, it becomes your job to do. And I have taken on probably (laughs) too much already. So I'm going to be the hashtag cheerleader for other people (laughs) and I will help you carry the load, but I am not going to put it all on my shoulders. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. So I am kind of loving this concept of asking, why am I here? Um, not just internally, but externally. So uh, if given the opportunity, if it presents itself and I am invited to a meeting or, you know, whatever, wherever the the moment arises, I want to be more proactive and just um, transparent and ask, what is it about me that you see of value? Like, why, why am I here? What can I offer? And also, where are you struggling and where do you need help? And let's see if there's some sort of overlap um, or integration that we could um, make some steps together on. That's great. Thanks for joining us this week on Advice Not Given. For resources and links to all the things mentioned in today's episode, head over to our website at milspogurus.com. That's M-I-L-S-P-O-G-U-R-U-S. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please help others find us by adding your thoughts to an iTunes review and subscribing so you never miss a show. If you're interested in being a next level supporter of our endeavors, check out our Patreon page. You can pledge as little as a dollar per episode to help us out with expenses. Think of it as eavesdropping on our coffee date, but then sending over a latte. It's a thing. Also, be sure to find us on Instagram and Facebook at Gurus, where we keep the conversation going and where you can share your advice not given. <laughs>